grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus told the twelve, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. We're told the apostles didn't understand. And God needs to teach us a lot of things in life, too. He needs to humble us and teach us what it means that he came to this world and what our faith is to be. The encounter with Jesus directly after this reading is something that we need to pay attention to because God shows us something about what it means to have faith in him which looks to what he said at the beginning of today's gospel reading. And as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, each, Sunday, each year in the church here, when we come to this Sunday, we always consider the things about what faith is and what faith isn't. And when we think about faith in Christ, perhaps oftentimes, at least if you look at a lot, if you go peruse through a Christian bookstore, oftentimes it gets terms more like akin to a support group. And we say something maybe like, my faith will get me through this, as if somehow we can look on the bright side of things and think, well, it could be worse. And there is truth to that. Those aren't necessarily bad things. But when faith is simply this alone, it runs into the danger of being on unstable ground or turning into an idol. Faith, saving faith, however, in Christ is so much more than that. It's this blind man crying out for mercy, even as people rebuked him and tried to silence him. And all of this we see one... In all of this, one way faith can be then defined from this reading alone on this Sunday are these three elements of knowledge, assent, and trust. So just from these simple things that this man says, we see that the blind man cries out to Jesus after he hears that Jesus is passing by. He has this knowledge of who Jesus is and what he does. He's heard of his works and reputation and knows this guy, who this guy is coming his way. So knowledge is a part of faith. We are to know who Jesus is and what he has done, and not simply in some just generic way. We don't just form a Jesus in our minds. No, we're to have a knowledge of Jesus as he is revealed in the Holy Scriptures. We're to be students of God's word and know who he is as the Son of God. We've been going through that Bible study on Sunday mornings before church of, will the real Jesus please stand up? Because this is an important thing, to know Jesus and know him rightly. And this leads in then to that second element of faith, which is assent. And it's really connected with knowledge. And it goes farther than just a mere head knowledge like you would have of, say, knowing who George Washington was. Just, well, yeah, he was some guy in history, or the first president. We probably know, know that at least. It means that you receive it as truth, and you see it in such a way. So this man knows full well who Jesus is. He has that knowledge, and then he knows him truly as the son of David. He sees the truthfulness of his person. 
The disciples didn't understand what Jesus said, and this blind man teaches them how to see clearly, even though he was blind. He knew exactly who Jesus was and cried out to him when he was drawing near. That term, son of David, is a messianic term. So he sees him and knows him as the one who is the promised one redeemed, to, re to redeem them as Moses and the prophets spoke of long ago. He's the one who had come to his people and now was in their midst, and now he was going to be passing by where this guy was at. The blind man knew Jesus, who he was and who he still is even this day. And that last element, that third element is trust, is seen in the words of the man as he cries out, have mercy on me. So this man knows Jesus, he knows who he is, he knows what he does, and he trusts that he is able to heal him. This trust is also seen in his persistence. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So amid those trying to silence him, this blind man doesn't just simply stop and say, well, you know what, whatever. But he held steadfast, unwavering in his faith. Even and most likely in his mind, it would seem impossible that Jesus would actually come and heal him of his blindness. He knew and trusted that Jesus, the son of David, was for him. So considering these things then this morning, God teaches you about your faith in Christ. You see in this man what it means to have faith. But in our sin, we don't have this faith. Or we've turned our faith into something it isn't. So when you look at this blind man that's presented in Luke's gospel, can it be said of you what is said about this blind man? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know rightly who he is? Do you trust in him that he is for you? Now perhaps a way that we do well to examine ourselves and our lives is seen in this persistence of faith. Faith wants what God gives. Now a practical example of this, there's many examples that we could think of, but one for me personally as a pastor is when I tell, talk with someone maybe who hasn't been to church in a while. What is the first thing that person tries to tell me? The, without fail, at least nine times out of ten, there are maybe a few instances, the person says, I have faith. So as a pastor, my response is, how? And the puzzling look at me is telling because it clearly shows that faith has no object or faith has been turned into something that we've defined it in in our own minds. So then the discussion then turns into something of a language of my faith does this or my faith is faith because I know it in my heart that I have faith or I know who Jesus is. I just know these things, Pastor. Well, in these instances, faith has become a quality in a person rather than what we see in this reading. Rather than what we see in the Bible or just knowing who Jesus is does not constitute faith. Even the demons believe in Jesus, but they shudder at this. The epistle reading talks about from 1 Corinthians 13 and the kind of the context of that set between 12 and 14, those two chapters. St. Paul can kind of get in your mind this image of a father who's kind of rebuking his children and teaching them. This is what something is not and what something is. And he says, if I have prophetic powers... And if understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So the people in Corinth, having maybe just this faith for faith's sake, all the while then they were seeing themselves above others, is really nothing. Or go back, though, to that reading for a minute. 
And what did the blind man want? When told Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, did he sit there and say, Oh yeah, I have faith. No. What did he say? What did he do? He cried out for Jesus to have mercy on him. He wanted Jesus to come to him. He wanted Jesus to do something. His faith was active and wanting something of the Lord. And so we see our persistence in faith is to be the same. And it's an uncomfortable thing to think about, but something that must be asked. Why do I believe? Do I really believe Jesus and take him at his word, even if all things seem to be telling me otherwise? And you see that your faith has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. Work through the means of grace. So when Jesus teaches you, when he, when you hear this word, when you're confronted by this, when you're confronted with your sin and its consequences, do you persist in it? Or rather, is your persistence in trusting Jesus by repenting of your sin and clinging to him for forgiveness? When Jesus tells you to abide in him, that blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, and that he is found and promises to be where his word is preached and his sacraments are administered. Are we persistent in going to receive these gifts as often as possible? If we actually believe that Jesus, do we want what he gives and promises, or would we instead just want to have faith? Or think about when you talk to people about the Christian faith, when you confess these things to them. Do you want to talk more about your faith or about the object of your faith, Jesus? Now, the point of all of this is more than just some exercise of, oh, okay, pastor, that's just a matter of splitting hairs. But when we think about these things, when we think about facing death, you know, we have two funerals this weekend. Martin Luther's last words were found written in his pocket and were translated as, we are all beggars, this is true. And thinking about faith, what's defining in our lives in Christ is just as we see with this blind man. To understand your faith is to see yourself as a beggar, one who stands outside of the kingdom of God because of your sin. And it's only because of what Christ has done is there a place for you, and only because of your God-given faith worked by the Holy Spirit do you have the benefits of what Jesus has accomplished. So to see your faith in terms of begging then is how you go through your life as a Christian. You cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me, and no one or no thing is going to stand in your way from Jesus and what he gives. So in this, then, there's great confidence in this weakness. This blind man's faith was great because it looked totally outside of himself. It looked to Jesus. So as he begged blindly on the side of the road, he was completely all about the one who was going to show him mercy, the one who does and works miracles. And what Jesus has done for you is that he has redeemed you and called you his own in the waters of your baptism. So as you go through your life, then you cling to him for mercy at all times, and you know you have what he says. So even as you're facing whatever the case may be, even as you're laying maybe in a hospital bed and the doctors telling, are telling you, you are going to die, your faith clings to those promises of God and says, I'm going to live. Because you know Christ. And so then you cast all of your sin, you cast all your burdens on him whose yoke is easy and burden is light. And even though you may die in this world, you know that you have eternal life. And so you have a saving faith because Jesus is your Savior and he's won the day. It despairs of yourself and it says, Lord, have mercy. I'm nothing, but you are everything. I'm a beggar and you are the generous Lord and Master.
And your inheritance is eternal, and you desire what he gives. You want, as a beggar, what, the be- what, the, what is given to you. And by his word and sacraments, he preserves you in this faith, and he keeps you steadfast. Even when others may try to silence you, when they might try you to be, tell you to be quiet, when they look at you on any and various things and say, yeah, whatever. No, with this trust in your Redeemer, you look at sin, you look at death, you look at the devil, and somebody is silenced. It's those things. As you go through this life in repentance and faith. Because at all times, you're fixing your eyes on Christ crucified and risen. And you go through life and even pass through death into life, all because of Jesus and his mercy shown towards you. That hymn, Abide With Me, that closing stanza, Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies, right? Even as we close our eyes in death, that's the image that we have. So what a joy to behold all of this today and for such great compassion shown towards you by God. Thanks be to God for such a faith that has been worked and given by God as a precious gift to you, which receives Christ and receives his benefits. Rejoice this way in your faith and look forward to that day when faith ends, because your faith will come to an end, as you heard in the epistle reading. The day is coming when you will stand before the royal throne of God in all splendor and majesty. And on that day, your faith will, when, when your faith ends, those cries of, Lord, have mercy, will be no more. You won't have to cry that out anymore. But instead, it will be an unending hymn of praise to the Lamb who was slain but is raised. And you with all the saints are clothed in white robes with palm branches in your hands, waving them about. And what a glorious day that will be. As we see with, like Job, we see our Lord face to face in our own flesh and blood. So until that day, God grant and preserve us in that faith like this blind man. God grant us to be beggars who cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Beggars who cling to Jesus as he gives us this mercy of forgiveness, life, and salvation in his holy word and sacraments. Amen.